my name is Karina Morin and I am Head of Strategy here at Yahoo UK and welcome to our session today, The Future of Retail is Hybrid, as part of the Drums Prediction Festival 2022. So let's kick off where I imagine lots of these predictions um, are going to be starting and that's kind of setting the scene for what's happened over the last two years. We've obviously seen massive changes in consumers' motivations, their mindsets, but also their behaviours, which is most important kind of within the retail space. And while some habits have reset, you know, we're no longer doing jumping jacks in our kitchen, but many new and lasting behaviours have actually emerged. And one of the things as we move into 2022 is actually learning to live with the uncertainty of COVID-19. So altering our expectations of it being something that we must live through, so a pandemic, to actually where we're kind of at now, which is learning to live with it as something we now have to live with, so an endemic. And while obviously lots of areas of our lives, lots of categories, lots of sectors have been massively affected and have undergone kind of alteration, it really has been a momentous period of change within the retail sector. And it's seen, you know, mass market disruption. We've seen lots of big heritage brands that you know, have had to close on the high street, have moved online. We've also seen it affect, you know, lots of small local businesses. But it's also been, you know, a, a time of lots of opportunity. And, and this is a very exciting time for retail. So one of the reasons why we're kind of seeing all this change is actually consumers are now mandating convenience from their retailers. And that's one of the big things that's come out of the pandemic. And I guess if you think of your own behaviors, you know, things that we no longer think, oh, that would be quite nice. They're almost, you know, expectations. So quick delivery turnaround times, you know, free and easy returns. You expect now that you'll just be able to drop something off and you won't have to pay for a return. Also the ability to shop at every touch point along the consumer journey. So while we want that, we're also expecting, you know, engaging, entertaining and tangible interactions with brands. And if these demands aren't met, well, we no longer have, you know, physical limitations. We don't, we're not stuck to our local high streets. Now being able to shop online means that, you know, we're not super loyal to any specific brands. And if these needs aren't met, we're not hesitant to shop elsewhere. So looking at kind of kicking off with what we know and what we can see in our data and you know, what we're all, we're all very much aware of is that the popularity of online shopping is very much here to stay as we move from pandemic to, as I said, a longer term endemic. And we know that 76% of the UK population are now doing more online shopping than they were before lockdown, with 45% of all non-grocery purchases currently being made online. So a really large percentage um, of, of our shopping being done online. And while we know it's kind of plateaued as we've moved through, you know, each quarter of the pandemic, we saw initially in those first six months, 10 years of e-commerce growth um, in the six month period. And yes, it has kind of dropped down a little bit, but you can see from this chart, we've been tracking this right through. And one of the things we've been looking at is the number of items that people are buying online. So you can actually see the sustained growth here in that, you know, compared to Q3 2019, before the pandemic, actually, if we look at last quarter, we're seeing people buying 100 times, 100 percent more items online than they were in that kind of pre-pandemic phase. Um, and it's not just number of items they're buying or how much we're buying, it's also new audiences that have emerged. So again, we've been looking at this right across the pandemic. And, you know, we saw that massive spike in baby boomers, which made total sense because of this audience for retail to shelter. By necessity, it made sense for them to get items delivered to their home. But it's something that we've seen sustained right through to kind of the current day. And, and over 65s are still buying three times more than they were pre-pandemic. So 
What's kind of driving this? Well, the mandate for convenience and value is really pivotal to the spike in online shopping. So we carried out some research here at the end of last year and found that free delivery is actually the single biggest motivator for consumers when shopping online. And then discounts and customer reviews taking kind of second and third place there. But with the kind of mass migration to online shopping, it actually comes with its own challenges for both retailers and brands. And we see this when we talk about consumer mindset shifts. Yes, we're buying more online, but are we almost using, you know, our bedrooms as our changing rooms, buying things with the thought of, oh, I'll try it on. And, you know, if it doesn't fit or I'll buy a couple of items, if they don't work out, I'll just send them back. And according to Retail CBE, the number of returns that we see for online purchases ranges anywhere between 15 to 30%, pretty high when you think about it. So let's say that's a fifth of all goods that are returned. That's over double of what we're seeing for purchases from bricks and mortar stores. So that would be around eight to nine percent. So naturally, this leads to a really big challenge logistically for retailers. Also financially, it's very costly to you know um to get all these kind of retail returned items back onto your shelves but also it poses a big question around the sustainability um of this as a way of shopping and actually is it something that we're going to be able to sustain going forward with obviously everything around the environment being so um, top of mind for both consumers and retailers and brands so we've looked at this within our own data to just you know we obviously um hypothesize that with online retail going up returns would also be going up and yes you can see that so compared to q3 2019 we're up 150 percent so why might this be well we again in our survey asked people what the benefits to shopping in store were and actually one of the the big kind of limitations around online shopping is that you can't see the product in real life so you can see there 74 percent of people said that actually that was one of the big benefits to seeing and to purchasing in store and while obviously all of our data suggests that people are flocking to e-commerce, the research part suggests that actually people are missing that tangible in-store experience, which makes sense when you think about, you know, the, how important the power of touch has now become. We've just lived through a pandemic where people have been in lockdown, you know, been living in their own spaces. So the power of touch really is so, so important. 75% of people said that they intended to do their Christmas shopping in store for that very reason, to get, you know, the Christmas experience, to feel, you know, the products in real life and, and to make those decisions, but also just to have that kind of nice Christmassy experience. Um, retail, online retail has grown massively as a result of the pandemic. But for many consumers, in-store shopping, as I said, is very much desirable, but also an enjoyable experience. And as a result, the typical shopping journey now involves both bricks and mortar stores and digital interactions, regardless of where, you know, the sale is ultimately um, cashed up, say, you know, people are, are using kind of in-store and online interactions right across that consumer journey. And these consumer expectations have really heralded in the retail sector new era of hybridization. Consumers want to be able to browse anywhere. They want to be able to buy anywhere, but they also want their orders fulfilled anywhere. And retailers really have to deliver on all three at scale in order to survive in this current climate. So, Shoppers aren't limiting themselves to one experience. Instead, they're combining both their online and in-store habits to discover new products, do their research, and then ultimately make their purchases. So the challenge for retailers really is, well, how do we connect the dots? How do we, you know, use the data available that we have 
from a digital space and how do we take the best of that into kind of the, the physical spaces and vice versa, creating experiences that are valuable, but also cohesive. You know, people want to have an easy um, purchase journey. It's imperative that retailers modernize their bricks and mortar locations within this omni-channel framework. So if we want things to be really seamless, we need to really, you know, treat all pieces of the puzzle as one piece of a seamless whole. And in this way, bricks and mortar retailer then becomes, you know, if we think of some of the really good in-store experiences you've had recently, they become high touch, high sensory experiences. You know, these spaces should encourage people to discover, you know, new things about their products, do a bit of research. So even if you're going to go home and make the purchase online later, how can in-store, you know, encourage um, research and a way to kind of connect with the brand? And it's a really interesting time because in this new kind of era, actually the role for in-store has evolved from becoming, you know, just a place where people go and make purchases to actually becoming an increasingly powerful source of brand advertising. And also when in-store, consumers, as I said previously, aren't just leaving their digital habits at home. You know, you go in-store, you always have your mobile phone in your hand. So potentially you're browsing, you know, connecting to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make that purchase when I go home. And in that way, stores should, you know, enable this technology. Things like QR codes are very much back, but also purchase enabling technologies is something that you should definitely, definitely consider in store. Conversely, a challenge that we have within the digital space is if the power of touch is so important to consumers and actually the returns are so high because maybe there's a disconnect there when buying online, how do we make people feel like they're having a tangible experience when shopping online? So we have done, again, research in this space and we know that 54% of 16 to 34 are interested in retailers offering more immersive digital experiences, whether that's, you know, the big rise in AR, VR, XR experiences that, you know, maybe let you digitally try on a product before you buy it or place it within your home. Things like QR codes, again, to gain further information when you're in store. You know, we have all this data. How can we make experiences both in-store and online you know, personalized or as personal as possible, allowing people to, you know, maybe even get personalized mementos when they're, when they're in the store. So immersive tech definitely, definitely has a role to play in delivering this omni-channel excellence. And it's not just for your current customers. You know, we're going through this big time of change within the sector. So it's also about future-proofing yourself for your future customers. What are they going to want? And in terms of, you know, what that means for brands and what that means within the media space, well, what we really need to do is ensure that we're adapting and, and being as agile as possible around the needs that we're seeing um, and the specific environments that we're seeing people, you know, browse or research or convert on. The good news is that we basically need the technology and the data to be able to capture and interpret customers' behaviours. And that really is something that's here within first-party data, but also lots of different partners now collect, you know, we know the importance of data and the, the technology and the infrastructure really is there to not only capture the data, but then how do we make sure that we're you know, actioning it and, and interpreting it in the right way. Because if we can interpret it in the right way in a quick manner, well, actually then it potentially is going to lead to a really nice opportunity for us. So things that we do are things like, how do we use the search data that we have, but also the um, purchase data to look at what, you know, consumer um, journeys are now looking like. That initial, you know, search, the initial trigger of intent right through to purchase. And how can we, as I said, not just, you know, capture that data, but really interpret it and action it. 
And again, how can we execute these strategies across multi-channels in real time? So we know that, you know, a source of influences are increasingly diversifying and changing for our consumers. We've said that before. So how do we reach them wherever it is that they choose to be? You know, omni-channel platforms allow us to reach users both in kind of those personal moments of potentially you're browsing online, but also in shared screens. So intimate, but also one-to-many. And how do we make that as addressable as possible? So we know that, you know, I said before, um, retailers within their own space, be that the digital stores or their physical stores need to adapt and ensure that it's as cohesive as possible. But the same is true for, you know, any sort of advertising strategies. How do we ensure that, you know, it's very cohesive right from the awareness piece to conversion and um, that they're all speaking to each other, that they're all um, using the same kind of data and omnichannel structure to be able to target people and make changes where necessary. And again, we're very lucky that we live in a time where we can make this all shoppable, you know, right across the, the user journey. It doesn't just have to be at that end stage. Um, you know, we can make some of these bigger st- screens available and out of home, also right down to kind of the creative formats that we have shoppable through video, et cetera. And last but not least, probably the most important piece of the pie is around measurement. So again, how can we use scalable measurement that really relates back to what those business priorities are for brands? So how do we use things like tangible outcomes? So again, that data that we have around search um, and sales, how can we tie that back into the measurement piece? Because really, as as we go further and get closer and closer to having a better omni-channel execution, Theoretically, that should make it easier um, for measurement to be kind of combined together. And, and it's it's probably one of the most important pieces um, that we need to make sure that we're executing on. So again, using smart data um, to ensure that we're kind of pulling the loop together and uh, passing those, those uh, measurement insights back to the kind of initial stages of planning. So that is it, a very whistle-stop tour today um, of the hybrid future of retail. You know, the importance of these shifts in consumer um, demands, but then also how we can kind of get better in terms of our omni-channel and activation. So thank you very much. And you can see this content and others at thedrum.com forward slash predictions forward slash 2022. So thank you very much. Have a lovely day and goodbye.